The Mac Attack podcast is sponsored in part by FAMS Printing, your source for screen printing and embroidered apparel. From school teams to businesses big and small, FAMS Printing does it all. FAMS can even set you up with your very own web store. Visit our website at www.famsprinting.com and ask how they can give your next order the primo stamp of approval. I'm Zach Clark. And I'm Zach Hayes. This is your home for the most competitive football in the state of Michigan. This is your home for the most comprehensive coverage week in and week out. This is the Mac Attack Podcast with Zach and Zach. This is the Mac Attack Podcast with Zach and Zach. Well, Zach, we wondered if Chip and Dakota would be the game of the year in the Mac, and so to this point, uh, it is that. We'll see if that holds, but Zach, last night's game was up to the hype. It, it most certainly did, and we talk about the movie references. This could have been something that Hollywood brought to us. Uh, I think so the close. ending would have been a little bit differently. You would have had the underdog winning in the end, but this was one of those magical Friday nights that we all hope for, and uh, Chippewa Valley scoots through. Yeah, the state champs have won 19 games in a row. Let's take a look at those scores. Chippewa Valley at home on homecoming, 27-21. Oh, by the way, Zach, you talk about those movie references. Josh Kolka was named homecoming king at halftime. How cool was that? I know what I'm saying, but I, I, we, we, we talked said, about that. It, that was some foreshadowing on our part. And and I even picked up the part where it rained. Remember, I said a dirty kid wearing a... You had to have dude, the mud on the jersey. We're going to Vegas. We're leaving right after this. Eisenhower on the road, 29-15 over Stevenson. Romeo at home, 35-2 to over Anchor Bay. And Zach, I will point out that Romeo game, it ended in the fourth quarter. Zach, all the games ended in the fourth quarter. This game ended before we got to four zeros on the clock. They called it early. They called it early, and not because of the score, uh, but because of lightning in the area, and they didn't want to wait it out for another hour to play the last few minutes of the game. So I I will just make that note. Zach, we're going to talk to Jerry from Mac perhaps a little bit later on in the show. Uh, They were out last night at Chippewa Valley for that game, so I'm looking forward uh, to getting their perspective. Our first call-in guest for the the wrap-up show. Rolling. We're rolling, but let's talk about what happened last night. I want to thank everybody out there uh, on Twitter for helping us out, for following along with us. You guys are the best. Zach, the state champs continue to be the dominant force. And now, look, Dakota played really well. That game was as close as a game as, as Chippewas played. I mean, they, they beat Clarkson by a point in the state title game. Other than that, in the last year and a half, this is this, this is, is the biggest test. Yeah. they they This was not an easy game for Chippewa Valley, even though in the first half, it was looking like it might be. I thought it was going to be. We were looking We've at like, what's before. happening to Dakota? We have a little back and forth while these games are going right. on. And Zach and I were saying, what's what's going on with Dakota? We thought they'd put up a better fight. And even knowing that Chippewa Valley is such a strong team in the second half, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this is going to be a clear runaway. But no, flip the script. Dakota's the one actually making the push in the second half to uh, make that comeback. And one of the things that you and I talked about is can Dakota put Chippewa Valley on their back? And and two things that impressed me about that is one, the answer is yes, they did put them on their back, but equally as impressive, Chippewa Valley, well, they wiggled out of it. They, they were on their back. Dakota had, in the last 30 seconds of the game, they had two clean shots of the end zone. There was a drop touchdown pass and then a stop on the last play of the game. And that Dakota drive was impressive. They, they had a very poor onside kick. It kicked it out of bounds. But then they force a three and out. In fact, they had a few three and outs, and you don't see Chippewa Valley going three and down like that. Not very from often. that offensive group. And so 
that, that all happens. They get the ball back and a couple of huge plays. Stepney, Drosky, and by the way, Davion Stepney had interception in this game too. So he he played extremely well, like we thought he big would. Like everybody thought he would absolutely, which they needed to have. Look, Myron Harris and Davion Stepney had big games. Drosky and Kalka had big games. The quarterbacks had their moments. Kalka was a little more shaky than I think we've seen him all season. You give credit to Dakota's defense; they put him in some tough situations. And I will say this also: uh, Myron Harris was able to have success bouncing to the outside, but as a few people pointed out on Twitter, they had nothing going up the middle. And again, that is unusual to be able to have some kind of containment on a guy like Myron Harris. And so Dakota did all the things they needed to do to win. The only difference is Chippewa Valley is just the best team in the state. And sometimes no matter what you do, and look, Dakota had chances. I'm not saying that 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 fate won that game for Chip, right? Chippewa Valley held. And Dakota, you know, again, the the the, the drop touchdown pass in the end zone on the road down six with 25 seconds left. It can't right? happen. It just can't happen. It, it can't happen. And, and then look, I'm not singling out the quarterback or the receiver on that play. You can't isolate a game to one play. But again, in those moments, if you're going to take a shot, if you're going to beat the champ, you have to be perfect in moments like that. And, you know, Dakota was like 95% perfect, which unfortunately just wasn't enough. It just wasn't enough. And again, that's what we thought was going to happen. I I give Dakota a ton of credit. And I know this sounds almost like I'm like I'm mocking other teams, but I give Dakota credit. They they were able to push into the fourth quarter. Most teams, by the time we get to the fourth quarter, not only because Dakota has, or excuse me, Chippewa Valley has the volume of numbers, which you know Dakota has too. That's one of the reasons that they were able to hang on. But usually, teams are just so gassed and they just they get bulldozed in the fourth quarter. And you know, Dakota in the locker room decided, you know what. It's not happening. Yeah, you're we're, not going to do this back. to us. This is Cougar football, too. Hey, we Great. can we can come out and, and hang, and certainly they did. And uh, uh, I think Coach Bauer is very proud of the performance yeah. that uh, Dakota Dis- put in. They're all disappointed. I get that, but they, for they, sure, but they've all the got. Win. But they've you all got to the be happy. They've all got to be happy with the way they play. Yeah, and you know, it's one of those things where you, we talked about before Chippewa Valley having so many different. Uh, directions they can go on offense. We saw it where, last night. Yeah, and but at the same time, you know, I think it was. I don't know if there was a sense of urgency to do that when they were up by so much in the first half, mm. where they came out in the second half, and I don't know if they were playing the same ball game um, or if Dakota just kind of figured out how to how they wanted to approach that offense because they did. They shut them down in the second half. I mean, Dakota. We, it was kind of the opposite of what we thought. We said Dakota had to come out and put Chippewa Valley on their backs from the beginning because Chip which, has which, never had to come back in a second-half situation. I will say, which, if they did, Dakota probably does win that game. Because they come out stronger? Yeah, they probably... Well, I mean, you only lost by six. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Dakota... I'm not disagreeing with you. Yeah, but Dakota at the same time, you know, that was one of those situations where, like you said... The, those little moments like the drop passes, the if you're down at the goal line, you got to get in there. You you, you got to find a way to win because that was, uh, they had every opportunity. You even tweeted me. You, you said, or you texted me and you said, Dakota's going to win this one. I thought they were going to. Dakota's going to win this one. In those last moments, I thought they were going to win. I don't see why I wouldn't have thought that, right? And No, they had every chance. I mean, and and get that out of the way now. You know, this is like I said, this is the first time they've really been tested by one of the arguably the second best team in the red right now, the the Dakota Cougars, regardless mm-hmm. of what the record reflects. Um they were they were tested and and Kolka got to see what a really good defense looks like, you know. This 
just sets things up for them going into the playoffs. They've, they got their scare. They, they came close. This could this game could have gone either way, but in the end, Chippewa Valley pulls it out and they realize that this team is capable of being tested. So now other opponents are going to see that Romeo is going to come in and say, we can do this. This is not a guaranteed victory for chip. So when Romeo, who is really the only game left that Chippewa has to get through, that's going to be a tough matchup. Yeah, they're at Warren Mott. Uh, the yeah, we got the crossover game yeah. next week. But so I, I really think this is this is setting the stage to see, all right, just that that Romeo chip game is going to be the next big one. And if you're if you're Chippewa Valley, if you're Dakota, I mean, this is and coach said it with us last on the last episode that this is why that when you decide to play football at Dakota and you decide to play football at Chippewa Valley, this is why you hit it so hard in the weight room. This is why you focus so hard on film studies for moments like this. And it's for games like this. And, you know, these are two of the best teams in the state right now. I know if you look at uh, Dakota's record, they've lost twice, but Zach, for what it's worth, for what it's worth, Orchard Lake St. Mary is still undefeated. They are a far better football team than we thought they were. If you ask me, you look at Dakota's two losses, they are two two of the top 10 teams in the state, including what I believe is the best team in the state. So if you're Dakota, you're, you're frustrated with, you know, with your, with your record, you're three and two, you're, you're two and one. And those two losses though, I mean, man, but that's kind of, I mean, that's one of those situations. You're you're playoff good to go. You can't, you can't pick your schedule per se. You know, they got Orchard Lake St. Mary. Uh, Romeo had Oxford for their first game. So Oxford won that game last year. It's a different I know, year. I know. So I know. I know. I think that what happened last year, not necessarily uh, as important as how that stacks up. You know, Dakota could have a a much better record if you kind of switch that around. But it all comes down to they had their opportunity to go up against Chip. Yep. Romeo still has theirs. Yes. So yes. that changes the argument. That middle field of the red right now is so so close. You had Dakota at two last week, right? Yeah. Do you drop them? No. I mean, that's the thing. No, like, not the way they played against, not the way they played against Chip. They right. even, even because what happened? Romeo went and got a win against Anchor Bay, which we knew was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dakota performed better than what we expected. And when you, that's a, a six point difference. That's the closest that anybody's gotten to Chip so far this season. Yeah, I mean, again, the last time this happened was the, it was thirty one thirty in the at Ford Field in the state title game against Clarkston. I don't fault teams for losses when it comes to power rankings because I I'm not going to fault you for who you matched up against this week. And that's the beauty of power rankings; they're not standings; they're what you believe a, a team's value is with their win loss record, but not exclusively using their win loss. So let record. me put it this way: a Dakota loss that close is more important to me than a, a blowout win from Romeo against Eisenhower and or against anchor Bay. We talked about this last week. I don't want to get too into the weeds, but this is the kind of conversations the Mac is going to be having next year when they bring in that RPI system. This is exactly what they're going to talk about. They're going to look at Romeo's win. And, and again, Romeo will have plenty of tests, right? They already played Eisenhower. They have to play Dakota. They have to play chip. The, the, the teams in the Mac are not going to have to worry about is my strength of schedule. Good enough. Yes, right. it is. It's yeah. great. Yeah. 
But in this specific situation, Zach, you're right. Romeo wins by 33 points, and I'm throwing it out the window. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if, sure. I, if, I've got a, if I've got two choices on the table, you know, if it's like the red pill and the blue pill, <laughs> right, I'm, like, I'm, I'm throwing Romeo out because what I saw from Dakota was far more revealing about who Absolutely. they are and what they're capable of doing. And that's Absolutely. not to fault, Romeo. You're, you're not like I said, you don't get to pick this. This isn't your choice of who you're playing next. I mean, sorry that you don't get chip until the end of the season. They're probably okay um, with that. Well, yeah, but at the same time... They still have Dakota in there. Sure, yeah, and that's going to be exciting. Romeo has a nice balance. If you look at their schedule, it's two games at home, two games on the road, two games at home. And also, they don't have to play in succession Dakota, Chippewa, or Ike. Almost everybody else has to play at least two of those games in a row. Sure. And a couple of the have to play three of those games in a row. And it's just, that's devastating. Let's talk about Eisenhower. They continue to roll. And look, Stevenson has some questions. Eisenhower wins 29-15. And Ike's defense continues to play really well. I know that Stevenson's offense is their sore spot. I understand that. Yeah. But there's just no... There's no let up. There's no breathing room. There's no soft spot. Eisenhower's defense is just suffocating. I love it. Yeah. And and even with you look at Stevenson had four turnovers in that game. And if you're talking about a team that, you know, is still looking to get their offense moving, but we talked about that. Yeah. But even even with those four, four turnovers, that's quite a few possessions for the Titans there. But they still managed to put up 15 against Eisenhower. That's kind of it's what a we, decent performance. It's not a terrible performance. Yeah, but the only problem is it resulted in your third straight loss. You know what I mean? Like if if you take a step back, then all of a sudden you're thinking to yourself, "Wow." Well, see, that's the thing. We talked about Dakota being able to have a moral or a, or a you know a moral victory here, even in a loss. Stevenson needs a win. You don't get a moral victory yeah, 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 yeah. For, lo- for for putting up 15 against uh, a good Eisenhower At defense. Home. You have to win a game. Yeah, so far. The Anchor Bay boat. I know that Anchor Bay didn't win either of their first two games either, but regardless. But you, ex- but you expected more from Stevenson because they did come out of the gates hot. They yeah. came off with a, a you know, they're 2-0 on, 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 on the road. So you're, we're, this was at the beginning of the season when, when we're talking and we're thinking, Wow, did we underestimate Stevenson? Are they giving us something that maybe where do I think they actually moved up to like three in the power rankings at one point? But I mean, they had to, right? I mean, Dakota and Eisenhower lose the first game of the year. We sure. had, and again, with power rankings, and I, we don't have to keep explaining. Back, well, yeah. no, no, no. I was going to say keep defending ourselves. We can do whatever we want. I could put I could put Anchor Bay at the top and say, <laughs> and and that would be that. And we still got a chance. And we would move on. We only can judge based on what we've seen. And Zach, now the sample size is so much larger. There's been 30 games. God, I'm so bad at math. There's been 30 games played. Each team has played five, right? You look at it from each angle. There's 30 angles here. So there, there's so much more information. And then, you know, for the Titans, Zach, you know, it was such a good start. You mentioned it, 2-0 and on the road. But they hang their hat on defense, which not a criticism, but it's a very ambitious thing to do in the Mac red. If you don't have a thousand kids in your team though, Stevenson again, high enrollment school, you hang your hand on defense. The problem is for Stevenson, this is probably one of their better offensive performances of the season. I would agree. Well, against a good defense. Yeah, but we keep talking about it and their coach has said it to us too. Justin Newcomb has said it that they need to establish offensive consistency. And we said, if it was going to start, it's a tough hill to start on. It's like shifting from, from neutral to first on a steep incline, right? Like good luck with that. 
And so I just, I, I would love to see some more consistency, especially when you have a guy, I know one player can't do everything, but I think if you've got a kid like Giovanni Ohati, you should be able to run the ball like yeah, pretty consistent. I mean, one kid that size should be in, in, in this. We've been talking about him all season and he's amazing. He is, but his, I don't think that they're, they're utilizing, it doesn't seem to result in anything. Let me just put it that way. They don't, they don't seem to be getting any momentum from having a player like that in their arsenal. But it's tough though. I mean, you look at the teams that they've played, like who is going to get momentum against that, right? That's the red. That's That's the red. red. I mean, that's, that's why we're doing what we do. I I mean, and, and even you look at something, you know, Justin Newcomb, he, he talked about penalties hurting them, you know? So so that, that, that boils down to discipline because those are little mistakes where if that's part of the problem that you're having, maybe that's one less touchdown for Ike and maybe that's one more touchdown for Stevenson. So you're, you're talking about a tie game at that point. I know that's all speculative, but but at the same time, those are the things that you can change. That's something that you can directly have an effect on. And it doesn't matter what your opponent's doing. Yeah. I mean, if you, if, if you, if you want to talk about things that keep coaches up at night, uh, I'll give you an example, right? That, that drop touchdown pass in the fourth quarter from Dakota is not going to keep a coach up like penalties. The penalties will eat at coaches. It's going to keep the receiver up at night. No, it will. That young man will think about that for a long time, regardless of what happens. It's one of those things. But I'll tell you what, though, any athlete worth their salt will be able to immediately put that behind them and focus on the task at head. And so I have, I have no doubt that that's what will happen in the Dakota film room and, and practice. And But Zach, you mentioned penalties. Those are the things that eat at coaches' souls. Those are the reasons they have gray hair. Those are the reasons they have ulcers. Those little things. Those are things that you go in Monday and that's how you... Monday? You, you, You're you, talking about it right now. Well, you address it at the next... I don't know how often they're practicing, but that's, they're, that's they're where you're... Right now. That's where you start it. off. And, you know, that was a... At the end of the day, though, Coach Newcomb, he's proud of... His team. That was that's a rivalry game. That's Stevenson Ike. There's always going to be a lot more on the table. We we talk about these rivalry games, and doesn't matter what your record is. You want that win just to get the student section and the school fired up. You know that's important to them. But uh, and Coach you know, Smith has to be pleased too. But he knows that they played hard. I mean, they, he he said it. He said they came out and battled. He's, Chris Smith does a great job coaching Eisenhower and they were prepared for them tonight. Um, but he was proud that the kids fought till the end. Yeah. And look, I'm not questioning Stevenson's effort. It's just, you know, at some point, like we talk about with anchor band, we'll talk about them right now. That has to, that has to translate into a win without a doubt so on that anchor Bay note Zach, It didn't take long for Romeo to again, find their footing. And we've, we've, we've said this over and over again. I'm just going to keep saying it. I don't mind repeating myself. Anchor Bay has to stop getting down so quickly. That game was basically over in the first quarter. And not to say that Anchor Bay couldn't have come back, but they've, they they continue to dig themselves large holes right out of the gate. And it's just really, really difficult. What do you do? Especially it's a team like Romeo that has incredible ball control. I mean, they, they demand the yeah. clock's respect, and that's really hard to do. Romeo's offense is, obviously, they're not as good as Chippewa Valley's, but they're very similar where they can get you, they can hit you a lot of different ways. And we saw Romeo go out and do exactly what Chippewa Valley did to Anchor Bay in that first quarter, first half, and they just, they didn't look back after that. And that's what Romeo needed. They needed to go out and just pull away from the beginning after that Eisenhower loss last week. So 
good for them because they played their game. They got back down to business. They didn't get thrown off by the fact that Anchor Bay has not won a game yet. Sometimes you can go into that and the mental thing of, of, well, we're supposed to win this game throws you off completely. But that didn't happen. Romeo stayed strong and, uh, you know, they need to because this later half is looking really tough for Romeo as they go up against, they still haven't gotten Dakota. They still haven't gotten Chippewa Valley. And when they're battling it out for the top spot, that's going to make or break the red. Yeah. Romeo has two red games left. You just named them. And they're big ones. They're the two hardest games of the season. Yeah. Without a question. You know, Romeo was able to mix it up on the ground and in the air. Brett Miller threw a couple of touchdown passes. And as usual, Romeo was able to run all over the place. Guys like Brian St. Clair, it's so impressive how Romeo was able to mix it up in the run game. It's not just the balance between run-pass. And Romeo does have a, a pretty good run-pass balance. They run the run heavy, and then when when they can, they throw. And usually, you know, when Romeo's ahead, they let it throw the ball. It is wide open. You expect him to keep running, and it puts a lot of pressure up front. And then you drop back you know, throw a nice ball, you're going to catch a receiver there. Uh, And, you know, Anchor Bay gets down too big too early. I I worried about that. And, you know, Zach, I don't want to say things are unraveling fast for the Tars. That seems too dramatic. But, I mean, you've got four games left. There is no halfway point because there's, you know, half a nine is four and a half. I mean, I guess at halftime against Romeo, you'd hit the halfway point. But, you know, you're 0-5. You still have two Mac Red games left. But here's the thing, Zach. I know Mike Powell can keep their heads up, right? I know that that whenever they meet, if it's today, if it's whenever, that it's 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 not going to be quiet. It's not going to be hang dog. It's not going to be any of that. You know, there's no time. You don't have time to dwell on. Well, you know, there's no time. You have a game on Friday, so let's go. That's one of the things that helps in football. Is that I'm not saying it's easy, but it doesn't matter if you're five and oh, Chip Wild Valley's going to get to work today. Just like Anchor Bay is. Everybody's yeah. going to get to work the same way. Now, one of them's 5-0, one of them's 0-5, but that's, to me, that's the way you have to look at. Otherwise, you think to yourself, like, why you am know, I here? The wins and loss thing is one one aspect of it, but, and I hate to keep saying, like, Dakota had a good loss, but, like, Anchor Bay has not even had, aside from that first game against uh, Pioneer, they haven't had a good loss loss yet they haven't, they, they haven't even kept it close right i think if i could substitute a word for your good loss would be that anchor bay has not been competitive like i said this game was was i mean if you look at the way it ended it was basically over in the first 10 minutes sure so right? you're coming I mean, off of two games that are exactly like that yeah anchor bay had uh, you know a safety i mean that no, no offensive production as far as you know field goal touchdown whatever that you know they picked up a safety in the second half and look let me just say this Romeo still has work to do I'm I'm still concerned by what I saw against Anchor Bay or against excuse Eisenhower. me against Eisenhower yeah you know in the next two in the final two red games if they played it against Ike you're gonna lose both of those games for sure and, and I'm not taking anything away from Eisenhower but Romeo's got to figure out a way that offense is great but I feel like when you run up against power power right if if it just if it's not going to work and can can romeo's offense be more dynamic can they go to the throw as opposed to having to resort to it right i mean can that be something that they can show can they can they get creative at that's, the end? they're gonna have to that's the make or break moment for romeo i mean that's what's going to be exciting to see because we're either going to say one of two things are going to happen it's either going to be this romeo team was overhyped in the beginning of the season because they had an easy schedule to start things out mm-hmm. or it's going to be wow 
this this Bulldog team is going to make a run in playoffs because look what they just did to Dakota and Chippewa Valley. So those are those yeah. are two ways that it can play out here. I don't see them splitting that. I think they're either going to win both or they're going to lose both. <laughs> That's risky business, but I, but I I certainly agree. And so we'll put a pause on Mac Red play. Unfortunately, for a week we're going to a red white crossover. But you know, Zach, I want to bring in our next guest now, Jerry. First of all, thanks for taking the time and, and joining us. What were you expecting going into last night's Dakota Chippewa Valley game? I mean, we all had it as the game of the week, but I mean, man, what a finish! Yeah, absolutely. What a finish. There really was two things that I kind of expected in this one. Uh, the very first thing I expected was a game very similar to what we had seen uh, last year. Uh, very close knit, uh, tight knit game, uh, a game that came down to one or two plays. Uh, same thing this year is, is, is really what I expected. Uh, I, I didn't really expect a game uh, that was a repeat of last year's district final. Uh, I, I really expected a close one in this one and the weather held off. Uh, you know, I don't mention that at all, but uh, I think that kind of played into Dakota's favor and being able to uh, stick around and make that a ball game with the style of play that they, uh, that they offer as well. But uh, that, that game, I tell you what, that game lived up to everything that people uh, would expect out of it and everything that people would want to see out of it. It was a great game. It, it was a, it was a tale of two halves. Uh, you know, Chip Wall came out firing, blazing on all cylinders, offensively and defensively in the first half. Uh, it looked like Dakota came out of the locker room on a different mission than what they potentially came out of in, in, in the first half. Not to say that they came out starting slow by any means, but they just looked like a completely different ball club uh, in that second half. They forced a couple of turnovers that led to some points. And, you know, halfway through that third quarter, you said to yourself, like, hold on a second. You know, I know people at halftime were talking about this one could get out of hand. This one could get ugly, but uh, Dakota forcing those turnovers and, and real quick in the third quarter, you said to yourself, we could have a ball game. And sure enough, it came right down to literally that very last drive, eight yards away. What a finish. It was an awesome game. Great atmosphere. It was just excellent to be a part of. Well, you, you made a perfect segue into my next question. What was it like at the end of the game with, 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 Dakota having that opportunity to not only tie, but potentially take the lead homecoming, homecoming, uh, the perfect storm. Um, what was the excitement? Like what was going on in the stands on both sides when we saw the first team that could really, uh, potentially end Chippewa Valley's hot streak here. You know, it was outrageous on both sides. Uh, I, you know, electric, outrageous, loud, uh, you know, you could, you could feel the intensity growing throughout the second quarter. Um, you know, both, both fan bases, both student sections, the marching band, like both sides were just phenomenal all night, but you could, you could feel something starting to come alive from the Dakota sideline, uh, with that student section, with the players, just their energy was just continuing to grow through the third quarter. And that was, you know, that was, that was carrying over to the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, and uh, again, it, it almost seemed like, you know, you could feel Chippewa Valley tensing up uh, from their sideline a little bit, you know, as far as the fans in the student section, as the Dakota side grew a little bit louder. But that very last drive, that very last play, I mean, uh, that that really is what Dakota, you know, offers. And, and you said if Dakota can 
put a score on the board and get that stop, which they ended up doing with the turnover, you know, and had a, a chance. They were only two score down, uh, two scores down with, you know, eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter or something like that. And the way to play to, uh, way, the way Dakota plays ball, you know, they, they can strike at any given moment. They've always been like that ever since they've been Dakota. So yeah. you knew there was going to be a chance. And, you know, there was a big play to Roberson down the sideline. Uh, the, the referee actually called him out of bounds. Uh, you know, but that was, that was uh, a broken tackle and he had all day. I mean, he ran it to the end zone, right? So that very last drive had all the excitement of big play through the air, uh, the anticipation of the clock running down. You know, there was only one timeout that Dakota had left going into that final drive. And then of course the very last play, you know, it was, it was nuts on both sides. You know, I, I don't even know if those kids, could hear what was going on or communicate on that field before it happened. But, you know, uh, we, we had a, we had a crew out there last night at that game. And I, I looked at, I looked at my camera guy and I said, I don't know what side to take. What side do you want? And he just looked at me and I said, I don't know what side to take. So I said, okay, you stay here. I'm going over to the other side. We'll have both sides covered because that the game, you know, you did not know which way it was going to end. Absolutely. Jerry, it's a red, white crossover slate for week six. And you're the perfect person to ask this question. You cover the entire uh, Macomb area conference. What are you excited about coming up in week six? You know, there's, there's a lot of great matchups coming here next week, uh, crossover game. You know, it, it's kind of hard to pinpoint, you know, which game stands out the most because we're coming to a point in this season where, you know, teams have two or three losses already, you know, some of them quicker than what they might have expected looking at their season, uh, schedule going into the season. So there's going to be a lot of teams fighting for, uh, a lot of purpose and a lot of pride this week. I'm particularly looking at the Stevenson Utica game. Just going to say that, um, you know, and and not to discredit any of these other matchups that going on between the red and the white, but both of these two teams, you know, Stevenson had a lot of expectations coming into the season, and Utica, you know, turned some heads with the first two uh, games of the season. Uh, so both of these teams are in a position right now where they they need to win. Um, you know, it is a Mac red, Mac white. Uh, crossover, uh, but Utica can put some points up on the board, you know, and Stevenson obviously has proven that they can do so as well. Uh, I, I think both of these teams are going to give each other everything that they have uh, based solely on the fact that, you know, we're, you know, fellas, we're more than halfway through this, you know, nine week regular season. These kids, you know, th- these seniors, they know that if they blink a couple more times, this season's going to be over. So, you know, just the what's on the line for both, Stevenson and Utica, I guess I'd have to say I've got my eyes on that one right now. I, I, I would yeah. agree with that. Stevenson has to use this, as, use this as their opportunity to get back on track because they have just been kind of derailed as soon as they got into Mac play. So I, I, I completely agree with that assessment. A very important game for both teams there. Absolutely. You can find Jerry and his crew at Mac Preps on Twitter and, of course, online at mccombpreps.com including a live score bug and all kinds of awesome videos hey jerry thanks for the time brother we appreciate it hey absolutely you guys are doing a great job uh you know the work you guys have been doing the interviews all the stuff that you have uh brought to the people you know focusing on the mac red and going in depth on them it's, it's excellent stuff i look forward to you guys podcasting your preview shows every week uh, again thanks for having me on you guys keep up the awesome work thank you so much hey, much appreciated you're the man jerry don't work too hard okay All right, you guys got it.
Zach, it's always great to talk to Jerry from uh, Macomb Preps, and and they do they a do lot a of great job. They do a lot Phenomenal. of good work, and I'll be honest, you know, he gave us some credit there. But when we were starting this podcast, I used all of their videos from um, Mac Media Day to get a sense of of what, what was to going expect, on. what was yeah. going on. Yeah, so uh, the feeling is beyond mutual, and Zach, now we've got even more on our plate, and that means the Week Six Power Rankings are going to be meaty. I'm yeah. looking forward to. Well, it. we got a lot more a lot more games to cover, a lot more games to talk about we're out, we're back out of division play and we're doing the crossovers so it'll six be games a, to break down yeah looking forward to it again i want to thank jerry from macomb preps you can find them at macombpreps.com and on twitter at mac preps we are back in your feed on wednesday don't forget you can subscribe to us on spotify again back in your feed on wednesday Thanks for listening to the Mac Attack Podcast with Zach and Zach. For more, visit MacAttackPodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at MacAttackPod. And don't forget to like the Mac Attack with Zach and Zach on Facebook. The Mac Attack Podcast is sponsored in part by Thams Printing, your source for screen printing and embroidered apparel. From school teams to businesses big and small, Thams Printing does it all. Thams can even set you up with your very own web store. Visit our website at www.famsprinting.com and ask how they can give your next order the primo stamp of approval.